Welcome to the Lifeline Church podcast. In this series, John Singleton will be looking at relationship. Hi, in this session we're going to uh, look further at real friendship. I'll use a number of examples and uh, later on I'll give you some more uh, of the scriptural basis for these things. Uh, but essentially, um, I draw strongly on 1 John chapter 3. Uh, I also uh, am particularly impacted by the scripture uh, when brethren dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing and it's the blessing that we want um, because that uh, is the building factor and uh, that's what he wants to do. He wants to bless us. This is about really uh, living what we believe, living out what we actually believe God calls us to do, what we say we believe in. As I said before, it really is very limited uh, what we can do in terms of fulfilling God's command of how we love one another, simply having meetings in buildings. It just doesn't work it requires a closer uh, engagement in life in recent times i've coined a phrase close enough to know love enough to care and willing to pay the price you see what does god really want to love him and to love one another. What has he equipped us to do? He supernaturally equipped us to love him and to love one another. Bible says that we're like him in love. He has imparted his spirit within us. We have the ability, not in the natural, but in the spiritual to do these things. So what are we talking about? We're talking about love expressed in in serving, caring, uh, giving, sometimes correcting, and also to enjoy fellowship together. You see, it's in the plan of God that we know his love in direct communion with him, but it's also in his plan that we experience his love in the fellowship and love one with another. He's made us members of the body. So what would that look like? Well, some of you have been engaged, I'm sure, at different times in, say, decorating a room. We discovered that there's a great joy in doing this together. And what we started to do was instead of just each paint his own room, we learned that doing those things together, I'll go and join somebody else in paint their room, they'll come and help me. And it's not just in painting rooms, I'm just giving that as an example. Same thing could be done with anything, any work, gardens and cooking. And uh, Recently, even during lockdown, uh, Dawn has enjoyed cooking 
with Debbie, one of the sisters. Uh, they've done it, of course, remotely, uh, but had a lot of fun doing it as Dawn, Dawn sort of got the lessons and they worked it together and I enjoyed the end product perhaps a little bit too much. Of course, in this present situation of lockdown, there are different ways to care and share. For example, uh, we're not able to go shopping and we've had lots and lots of offers of people. And it's much easier when somebody offers. Of course, it's perfectly okay to ask. That's part of being in the family, the family of God. But when somebody offers, offers shopping, and of course, there's been an advantage. Uh, my wife likes to go for the, the the own brand, the value pack. But boy, when other people shop, they just get what they're also, I've tasted Kellogg's Corn Flakes and Walker's Crisps. And wow, it's like a new life. Much to my wife's despair. You see, we're not really talking about, well, we can be, a helping hand. Somebody helps out a little bit here, a little bit there. But we're talking about an expression of relationship, an outworking of commitment. And I've seen over a period of years that some people will help for a period, they give a helping hand, but other people make a commitment to stand with you in the task, in whatever it may be. Now, if I look back <coughs> to where we were exploring things of this nature in the early days, there were some radical things. What about a young man who decided to take a week's holiday from work and paint my house? Can you believe it? I mean, when we talk about those things to those that are outside of the kingdom of God, we talk about something that they can relate to, the help and the input. I always remember a very hard-headed businessman that I was having lunch with. Uh, he was one of my clients when I was stockbroking. He wasn't interested in anything to do with church or whatever. But we got on to moving house and he said, which removal company? I said, I'm not having a removal company. All my friends help. He said, what? Wow. Tell me more about this. It was an open door to talk to him about the reality of what it is to be followers of Jesus. So practical things. Not just a helping hand, but a commitment out of love. Of course, sometimes God gives you the opportunity to see um, by looking at the, at, the, at the other side of it. And uh, again, some years ago, I'd not been well and they thought it was a problem with my back and anyway they decided uh, uh, I should take a break and we were there in this hotel and it happened to be that there was a group that was a small place and they were Christians having a conference and uh, when they heard that I was the church leader they were very warm and wanted me to join in their meetings and that really wasn't what I was there for but one day I there was one of the young men and I said, uh, well, you could, you could carry this bag up for me because of this 
potential back problem. Oh, he said, uh, I, no, I can't do that because I'm just starting, uh, just joining the meeting that's just started in the other room. I think that helped me to understand from the wrong side what we were really looking for and really going for, something rather different. Love is real. Love is practical. For God so loved the world, he didn't sit down and write a song about it and get out his guitar and play a tune. He gave his one and only son. Love is, the love of God is essentially practical. And it's not always pleasant things. I mean, it's not about our entertainment. I can remember on occasion when I'd gone to pray for somebody that was ill, and actually what they needed from me at that time uh, was to hold the bowl while they were sick. It wasn't it's not a pleasant job, but it's serving where the need is. And of course, in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, we see that so clearly and so plainly worked out. Even today, uh, when people serve me, one of the jobs that has to be done here with the pond is the cleaning of the filter. Well, not a nice job. But the willingness and the, uh, the readiness that people do what I now have some difficulty in doing is, is a great joy. And it's an expression of love. In fact, the Bible tells us this, this is how we know uh, that we have the love of God, because we love the brethren. When I go back and think about some of the ways we learned this, you know, there are things which we can do as friendship, as real relationship, as expressing it, and, you know, there's serving and caring and giving. There's also things that we can do corporately together to express that. But for a, for a number of years, uh, because we were growing and spread across uh, many groups, uh, we used to take uh, a holiday together, all of us. And when we did something together, we always facilitated that everybody could join in. So we had to find somewhere where people who wanted to camp could have their tents and people who didn't want to camp could have these sort of static caravans. And uh, that, that was a great time of building and fellowship and an opportunity for people to um, renew or to make new relationships so that the church continued to be built relationally, sharing life, enjoying being together, being ready to serve, being ready to give. And of course, we always facilitated if we're doing something together, no one was prevented from doing that because of maybe not being able to afford it or something like that. I always remember um, Ken and Sue. Ken wasn't a cook. In fact, he was a senior hospital consultant. And actually, Sue wasn't a cook. She was a, a senior nurse, a specialization. But they decided it would be nice since they had a caravan, that they would provide breakfast for uh, those that were campers. In fact, it became so popular that some that were not campers managed to creep in. Amazingly, from a caravan with its limited facilities, they provided breakfast, cooked breakfast, for something like 60 people done in relays. I think that was wonderful. 
except there came a day when they had to be doing something else and it was suggested that I took over. I believe I stood under under Ken's anointing in that. I don't think I've ever fried 60 eggs without breaking one yolk. That's got to be God. That certainly couldn't be me. You know what? Don't take me too seriously, but God helps us to do things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. When uh, some years ago I had an accident and uh, was laid up for a while, uh, Ken also decided to take over dealing with my grass. Well, he's pretty expert at that. I mean, my grass never looked so good. In fact, I think my grass thought it died and gone to heaven because it never before or since looked so good because you see he did it to the full extent because again it's an expression of love and the things he did to it well they were just amazing but if we think across the network which is all built relationally we never yet sat down and said uh in the lifeline network let's let's start something in some nation it's only been as God has joined us. And sometimes those joinings have been interesting. In fact, in the Caribbean, God joined us to somebody uh, in Dominica and then spoke to us that this was like a, a, a footstep to somewhere else. And of course, today, uh, we continue relationship uh, with a, a very special brother in Dominica, uh, but different to the one where we started. And the one where we started then introduced us to St. Martin. And so for over 30 years, we've been sharing those relationships. But the relationship is primarily to be together rather than just to minister. There's Brother Hilton from St. Martin say There are times I've gone there, not like many people. It's often a place where people, preachers from America would go. They want to go for ministry, but we go for relationship. And out of that, we may well minister. We've done lots of things. Of course, it happens the other way. Recently, when we were celebrating uh, 40 years of ministry, uh, Hilton heard about this. I didn't know anything about it, jumped on a plane and came to be part of it. In a family, which is what we are, we need to know and to care and to do. We need to be prepared to tell somebody what they need to hear, not necessarily what they would like to hear. And as we move into our next session, we'll talk more about handling things, conflict in relationship, what to do and what not to do. Because we've never received a promise that it will be easy or without difficulty. We do have an enemy that would seek to disrupt the purpose of God. But we also have a God that enables us to overcome because he provides the grace and provides the way and gives us instruction. And if we follow that, we can continue to live as a testimony to the love of God. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more, 
please check out our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk. Thank you.